welcome to the Poison Honey Podcast, where we discuss the bitter truths of life with raw vulnerability, honesty, and a dash of humor. I am your host, Manorak of Grey, artist and writer, author of A Tale of Her, which is the sponsor of this podcast. So if you want to support us, consider getting the book. It is a short story with poetry and artwork all done by me. If poetry is not your thing or you just don't have the funds to get the book, consider supporting us by following us on social media or sharing this podcast with someone you think needs it or will enjoy it. In this episode of the Poison Honey podcast, we are talking about anxiety, specifically the anxiety disorder. I think all of us at some point in life feel anxious, I think, especially in the current um, social climate that we're living uh, culturally, politically, etc. But some people really have anxiety disorder where it affects them to the extent that they can no longer uh, do things like keeping a job. And that is exactly what I'm talking about today with my guest, Abigail. Abigail is the host of the Manic Pixie Weirdo podcast. And this is something she started doing as a way to cope with her anxiety. And I'm really excited to share this interview with you guys. And let me tell you, during this recording of this episode, even Abigail had a panic attack when we had to stop and start recording again so I, I really have such respect for her for just being able to go on having to deal with these uh, anxieties so without any further ado here is the interview welcome Abigail how are you doing today hi good I'm good I'm really excited to talk to you Same. I'm curious to hear your story. So with that being said, what is the personal story of vulnerability that you want to share with us today? Well, okay. A couple of things before I like dive into the story. So I am somebody who has a very hard time asking for help. I've always just like struggled with asking for help. I want to believe that like I'm a very independent person and like I can do it all by myself, which is lunacy, complete lunacy, because I can't do life by myself. It doesn't work that way. You know, you need help. You need support. And another thing is that I have really bad social anxiety. And recently, over the last couple of years, it got to a point where it became like so unmanageable that like I couldn't work like doing a regular job that like you go to from like nine to five kind of a thing. I ended up having to like completely overhaul and just like scrap everything and like start over and like work from home and like figure out what I could do to work from home because my anxiety was so bad. And it got to a point where I was having like two or three panic attacks like a day and I couldn't, I just like couldn't handle it anymore. And I, was in a relationship. And at the time, I didn't know how this person was going to feel about me getting on medication. I was very, very skeptical about getting on medication. I had been down that road. 
and it didn't go well for me. And so, but I, I did know that like there had, since I had been on medication, there had been, you know, like new advancements and there were other medications that like were new that I wanted to try to see if it would work. But I wasn't sure about whether or not I was going to do it, what was going to happen. I didn't really want to go down that road without having, you know, somebody there that was like going to be supportive. And I ended up opening up to my partner about it. And he was very skeptical. He wanted me to try like the holistic stuff. And so I ended up going down the holistic route for a little while. It was okay, but eventually it got to the point where it just like, it didn't, I didn't feel like it was really doing anything. And so we started talking about me getting on medication and it was very, very like jarring and very scary for me because it was, it was almost like a form of me asking for help, but in like two different ways. I was asking for help from somebody that I like value their opinion. I really care about what they thought. I wanted them to be on this journey with me. And I, I was, I just didn't know how they were going to react. And another thing was that I, I was scared. I was really scared about going back on medication and like starting that whole road over again, because I had such a bad experience before. Luckily I'll speed the story up a little bit, but luckily it was all fine and everything worked out. And now I'm taking medication and I found, I got really lucky and I found a really good doctor that is willing to like work with me and understands my needs and what I kind of want out of that. But it was a very big like life learning lesson for me on like how to ask for help and that it's okay to ask for help. And if this is something that I think that I need, then that's something that I need to try and pursue. So yeah, that's just a little bit about that. You're you're free to pry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, first of all, I do recognize myself in in your stories in in some ways. I also have issue asking for help. And recently I'm I'm getting better and better at that. But yeah, how, how long have you suffered with anxiety? Probably my whole life, most likely. I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety when I was 14. Now I'm hesitant to give any sort of like credence to a diagnosis given to somebody that young because like your brain is still developing and things of that nature. But that was my personal experience. Yeah, I I was diagnosed when I was 14. Now I have always been prone to depression and anxiety. And I think that as I got older, those things just, they just kind of came out more for me. Um, But it's, yeah, my whole life, all my my whole life. And was there something in your life, even early on, that kind of triggered this, uh, that, that you got like anxiety or? I think that a lot of it stemmed, the anxiety specifically, I think a lot of it stemmed from not really understanding what was going on in the world around me. Like I didn't really have a full good grasp, especially when I was a little kid, like when I was really little, I never really understood why it like, because little kids are mean. Like they can be really mean to each other. I was a little kid. We were really mean to each other. And I think one of the things that I just didn't understand growing up and as a very young child was that like, I didn't understand why we had to be mean to each other. I never, that concept never made sense to me. 
also the concept of like lashing out and hurting other people because I was hurt. That concept never made sense to me either. I even like, I even for a period of my life tried to do that, like tried to like just sort of act like everybody else does where like when you're hurt, you, you react accordingly and then you like lash out at people and like that kind of thing. And it didn't, it just never worked for me. And I never, so I never really understood that, but I think a lot of my anxiety when I was a kid stemmed from just not understanding what was happening in the world around me and why people were acting the way that they did. And at that point that you have like somewhere to or someone to talk to or like a a, a point like some guidance is I guess is really what I'm looking for. Yeah. I kind of lucked out a little bit because my my father actually had a background in psychology. And so I was able to kind of go to him with like these issues and like what was going on. Now, as a parent, I can't even imagine what that was like as a parent, having your child come to you with these kinds of like questions and concerns and anxieties. I don't know what that's like. I can only imagine. But yeah, he was, my dad was really like my big support system in the beginning. And as I got older, I started going to therapy and that really helped me a lot when I was about 14, again, I, that was when I went to therapy and that, that then became an outlet for me to use. What kind of, I'm trying to imagine what kind of therapy uh, was that? Cause you have like different kinds of therapy. Is this just like sitting in the office and talking to someone? And- yeah. Yeah. Just sitting and talking. I didn't know anything about like CBD or DBT or any of those kinds of or EMDR. I didn't know. I was very young. I didn't know anything about those kinds of types of therapies at that point. And have you tried any of those since then? Yes. I've tried DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. I've tried CBT or CBD, CBT, yes, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, EMDR. And I think the thing that works the best for me is the cognitive behavioral therapy. What's right this? now, right now. Okay. <laughs> Explain a bit to me as I think I haven't, I heard of the EMDR. What was it? The delight that you have to follow something? Mm-hmm. I haven't heard about this behavioral uh, uh, one. Can you tell me a bit more about it? Yeah. Okay. So CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy and it's based upon the idea. It like came first. It kind of came first, like out of, um, I believe it started in like the fifties and sixties um, in the United States. Uh, at least that's as far as my knowledge goes. It's possible it was practiced elsewhere before that, but it basically comes under the idea that you you can control the thoughts that you have in your head and then it tries to go in and like help you be able to control those thoughts through like mindfulness meditation those kinds of things dialectical behavioral therapy was developed in the early 90s and it's sort of a shooting off point of cognitive behavioral therapy and it says that like you can't control all of the thoughts that you have in your head you can only control your actions Right. And like how you react to situations. So those are kind of the basics of it. That's really interesting. Some it reminds me a, a little bit of a therapy that I did myself, but it was um, regression therapy. So what they did is I had to go back into that situation and first act it out the way, or at least not really act it out. You get what I mean? Like I was talking about it, and then I had to redo it. 
in a way that would please me. And then, so in a way, it's also like trying to manage uh, the emotions and then your how you react to things. And really interesting. So you were saying earlier about having two to three panic attacks. Can you explain like how would a panic panic attack look like? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it can look like a myriad of different things. I have panic attacks ranging from like a minor panic attack, which like on a scale from one to 10 would be like a one or a two or a three. Mm -hmm. And that's where I just get very overwhelmed. I get very, very quiet. I just start, I can't really articulate what is going on in my head very well. Mm -hmm. So I don't really say anything. I will sometimes I'll like cry silently. And like, that's just sort of like what a minor panic attack for me looks like a full blown, like major panic attack for me. I have had ones where I black out and I cannot remember what happened to me during that time because I was so overwhelmed with everything that I literally like blacked out and can't remember. And so that would be like a more extreme version of what a panic attack would be for me. I haven't had one of those in a very long time. Um, and by very long time, I mean in a couple of years. So that's good. But I have had uh, a, a little bit of a lesser version of that where I shake really bad. And if you try to talk to me, it comes out as like word salad, meaning like the words that I'm saying don't really make a lot of sense. No. Um, they're just kind of words strung together. And like, and, or I will start to like talk about like an event or something that happened and it won't really make any sense because it'll be kind of muddled and jumbled with like a bunch of other things that I'm just, and it's just me trying to get out. Like I can't effectively communicate. I like freeze up and I just can't do it. Right. Um, so. So, and in, in those moments, uh, do you have like some kind of system in place to, to deal with that or the people around you, do they have some kind of system in place to deal with that? Yeah, I, the system in place sort of, so I have a couple of systems in place. So like one would be if that happens and I'm by myself and I like, there's nobody else around me, I tend to just go, I, I will go and I will force myself to like lay down and just lay there and not do anything at all and have to, and some, a lot of things that help me too are like sensory. And so I'll get something like really cold and I'll hold it in my hand and I'll just have to focus on the thing that I'm holding in my hand. What does it feel like? What is it, does it smell like anything? Um, is it cold? Is it hot? Does it, what's the texture of it? Kind of focus my mind on those kinds of things. I had to learn what worked for me. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard for me because I had to, I had to like ask for help because I didn't know what those things would be to help me uh, like ground myself. And it was really hard because I didn't know. And it was really hard to admit that to myself, much less than admitting it to another person, like my therapist. Another thing that I do that help is I will look, I will like fix myself a spot on the wall mm -hmm. and I will just look at it and I will just have to 
like describe what is this fake place? Like, what does it look look like? Just like any little simple thing. So, so I was thinking like, what if someone listening now that is uh, also um, dealing with anxiety or maybe a family member of someone with anxiety, what uh, tips could you give them uh, to, to help someone in this situation? First, breathe. That's the very first thing to remember to do. Take your hand and like rub this, like a seat that you're sitting on. Just do that. And just like feel what it feels like and try to, it sounds so stupid. It does, I know, but it works. And figure out, you know, do you like the way the seat feels? Anything, just anything at all. And also remember, you're not alone. There are many, many of us out there. And you have support. You are loved. And you can do this. Just breathe. For your... the. Uh, while you were saying that your voice was for was like vibrating so powerfully that I I was speechless for a second. <laughs> so yeah, so you've uh, over well, you're I don't can I say you've not really overcome that. I think you're still dealing with it in a way, um, and you found like ways or set up systems to deal with this. Do you think it's something like uh, if someone or yourself, you have anxiety now, but if someone has anxiety, um, is it something that you can completely heal or do you, do you just get maybe better with dealing with it? I think that, that for some people, you don't have, you won't have to live with it for the rest of your life. Um, I know for a fact that I'm going to have to, live with this for the rest of my life. Like it's going to be a thing. And so all I can do is, it sounds so cheesy, but take it one that I can right now. I wish that could tell you that for the rest of my life, I'm not going to have to deal with this, but that's just not true. You know, that can be really daunting and you know, it can kind of feel like it sucks a lot. What you, well, what I have to remember is I can't do anything about tomorrow. I just, I also can't do anything about yesterday or five minutes ago. So all I can do is what I can do right now and be the best version of myself right now. That's all I can do. I can't do anything more. Or less than, than that. So, I hope that helps. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, it's really like I, I can feel like the dauntingness of it, the realization of having to live with this, yeah, basically for the rest of your life. But I, I admire that you still. Get yourself out there and share your story, despite having your your panic attack. It's it's really uh, uh, admirable with all you're doing. You know, having your own podcast and everything. And wow, that 
Tell me a bit about your podcast. It's also good to, to talk a bit about that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So my show is, I'm the host of the Manapixie Wordo podcast. Um, where we talk about all the different kinds of relationships that you can have in your life, from your relationship with Avengers Endgame to your relationship with anything mental health related, to your relationship with a television show. I mean, just anything that you can have a relationship with. It's about how we relate to the world and how we relate to one another. So that's just a little bit about my show. We we're get we get pretty vulnerable and a little bit a little bit crazy on my show. All right. Yeah. <laughs> like, how long have you been doing this? Uh, the podcast. It will be a year in April. Nice. Have you you enjoyed the journey? Is it something that has helped you also with the anxiety? Yes, I have. It has been a struggle, but it has been a lot of fun and a big learning experience for me. It's one of those things that like, one of the reasons why I started a podcast is because I've said this before. um, I don't know how to talk to human beings. Like, I don't know how that works very well. I'm not good at, especially when it comes to like articulating what I'm trying to say, I'm really bad at it. But having a podcast has kind of like helped open up that world for me of like how to talk to people in a controlled environment that like, because I'm a control freak that I can control. (laughs) (laughs) So that gives me a little bit of like, it's a little bit of like a comfort blanket that like I'm in control for my show. And so it helps me, you know, try and articulate some of these points and some of these things that like are just get the things in my head out of my head um, as like a coping skill. Yeah, I don't know how well it's working as a coping skill, but I really love doing it. So (laughs) I think that's the important part. I think part of coping is doing something that you love. I don't want to say distracts you. It kind of distracts you from from certain things, I guess. Yes, um, but maybe also gives you comfort in a way. I have that with dancing, and ironically, I had anxiety about dancing. I had my own traumas related to that. Oh my God. And I was, I would freeze up, like yeah, like you were saying before. I would literally freeze up. Uh, people, I would be like at a bar with people. And they would be dancing and I'll be standing there like, I don't want to know, <laughs> not dancing. But recently I found a really awesome style of like belly dancing. It's called American tribal belly dancing. And it's the dance that won me over. Like I was so excited to see the moves that I was like, I have to learn <laughs> how to do this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've always wanted to learn how to belly dance. I think it's so beautiful. And I just think it's like really, uh, I've always wanted to learn. I'm so jealous. It is a big start. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. Like, no, we're not going to do a commercial for Nike, but just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also have a lot of trauma around and like vulnerability around my dance too. Because I started dancing when I was really young. I was like two or three. So, yeah. Well, what kind of dance did you do at, at that age? Um, I'm classically trained, so ballet, jazz, those kinds of things. Nice. I mean, it, it can be used in tribal also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's tribal fusion, so you, you mix in like jazz and hip-hop and all these other things into the belly dancing. And it's, it's just I'm just not that brave. I'm just not that brave. I don't think I'm that brave to like go to out and like it. do that. No, but I mean like 
do it for yourself. You don't have to like, <laughs> yeah, you can always try and learn, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah. Even if it's just in the comfort of my own home, I exactly. can learn. Yeah. So is there anything else that you want to share with the, with the audience? Just that you're not alone. If you struggle with these things, depression, anxiety, asking for help, um, communicating effectively what you need, what you want, any of those things. Like I do it all the time. I am, you know, notoriously bad at it. And, but it's one of the, I do think it's one of those things where it's like practice kind of makes perfect. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, if you practice a little bit every day, even if it's only like 30 minutes a day, like you just practice, like, having a conversation with somebody and you like write it out or you jump into a Twitter space and you have a conversation for like five minutes or you just want to listen. I mean, just like anything to kind of like help get you out of that, that feeling of the crushing weight of everything, any little, like, and I'm all about little wins, like all about the little wins. So that means that like, what I mean by little wins is I'm going to do the dishes after this. And that's going to be like the one thing that I accomplished today was like, the yeah. dishes. <laughs> so like take the little wins. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sometimes you got to celebrate every little bit. I do agree with you on that. And like uh, you mentioned Twitter spaces. Are there any particular Twitter spaces um, for people, uh, for example, specifically for people with anxiety? Do, do they exist? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I haven't seen a bunch of them cross my feed, but I've seen a lot of mental health ones. Um, I'm actually a part of one with somebody else and we do it. On, well, so we'll do it on Tuesdays at two o'clock and it's just, he calls it a safe space to fall on your face. <laughs> and it's just 30 minutes every Tuesday and we talk about all different kinds of stuff, mental health related. Um, I do check-in spaces occasionally, like probably about once a week, I'll do a check-in space with everybody just to kind of check in and see how everybody's doing, what they're feeling, how, how it's going. You, you've been in those spaces. Um, yeah, them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just anything. And then obviously, you know, listen to podcasts. Listen, there's so many of us out there that just like want to help. So just try it, just anything, just try it. And so if one of, if someone listening wants to join one of your Twitter spaces, how do they find you? They find me at MP Weirdo Podcast. That's my Twitter handle. Um, that's going to be the best, most efficient, most effective way to get in contact with me. Um, or you can email me at manicpixieweirdo at protonmail.com. Or you can leave me a voicemail at manicpixieweirdopodcast.com. Those are the three best ways to get in contact with me. If you want to Tell me about your day. If you want to talk about um, your anxiety or your depression or your bipolar disorder, because I'm bipolar as well. Yeah, ADHD. I have ADHD. Like any, just anything. Um, I have, I have been diagnosed with everything in the book. I'm not even kidding. So, like, you're not going to scare me. It's okay. Just reach out. Great. Uh, it was great having you here, and I do hope that we reach uh, at least. If we reach one person that has anxiety and uh, your tips help them, I think uh, we'll be happy. And we have accomplished our goal to, to help at least one person out there 
with anxiety that uh, yeah to know that you're not alone you can contact uh, abigail if you have any questions about yeah how to deal with things and, and i don't know any other questions you might have i'm not gonna sit here and think of things that you can ask her but <laughs> um yeah contact her she's a really awesome uh, person i love the uh, twitter check-ins as well like uh, the one we had today just uh, with all this craziness going on wars uh, all over the place and depression and how do we keep the sanity in the in this social media landscape and how do you deal with one super happy post at one time and then the other time it's like people dying and fleeing and yeah we're supposed to still act normal and I think for everyone it's causing at least a little bit of anxiety I I can imagine so I can't even imagine for uh, people that already have you know this uh, uh Can I call it a condition, like anxiety? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, if uh, people having this anxiety uh, condition, I can imagine that it's even more inducing of uh, anxiety uh, at the moment. So, yeah, I think it's important for us to stay talking and just sharing our humanity and vulnerability and that we are all in this ship together. And on that note, I will close off (laughs) this episode. (laughs) Thank you so much, Abigail. Thank you so much.